The Olympic Channel podcast is brought to you by Bridgestone, worldwide Olympic and Paralympic partner, a founding partner of the Olympic Channel. Olympic Channel podcast. My name is Ed Knowles and this is the official Olympic Channel podcast. Alain Haidt is a snowboarder who went to two Olympic Games and competed in the half-pipe competition. She is an X Games gold medalist and the first female to land a frontside 900 in competition at just 13 years old. Amazing. Now she has an amazing new film out called Blank Canvas and it's about her move into backcountry snowboarding, including documenting her success becoming the first female to ride the infamous <laughs> Tahoe Grizzly Spine. So, Elena, how are you? Oh, yes. Um, great to be here with you. And uh, 2020 is looking up, I would say. I think, you know, it's been a wild, wild year uh, for everyone. Um, but definitely a lot of silver linings and um yeah you know we're almost we're almost through it <laughs> things are looking up it's like the the whole internet seems to have just has a spring in its step at the moment in comparison to how it's been you know over the past year it's been so strange i mean presumably you've not been snowboarding have you been out at all yeah you know so uh kind of covid hit in march and i was uh in the middle of filming for my film that just dropped blank canvas. Um, so we ended up cutting that, that short and I was in Canada. So we kind of ran home, you know, <laughs> didn't know what was going to happen with the borders. Um, kind of a crazy, crazy experience uh, being in another country during, during that time. Uh, but I haven't snowboarded since I've been on a couple, I, I went hiking kind of a little bit after that, but this is the longest time I've been off my snowboard, I think, since I was like 10 years old. Usually I go on a couple trips in the summertime to the Southern Hemisphere or to some glaciers to just try to find snow. And uh, this is for sure the longest I've ever been off my board, including injuries. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to get back back to it. I, I get it's one of those it's so weird you're kind of forced to have this break away from something that you really love. And actually... You realize you. I've sort of realized the things that I really like, like, like doing. You know, in this time where you're forced to be away from them, basically. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that it's been a really good uh, reflection time. I mean, that's definitely one of the silver linings of of the pandemic, as I think it's forced everyone, regardless of who you are, where you are, to kind of take some time and reassess, and hopefully find the areas where you want to spend more of your time and where you can kind of step away from and uh, what, what, what things you need to make more time for. I think that, you know, it's so easy to get caught up in just the wheel of your routine, whatever that may be. And uh, I know for me, it's been really nice to like stop traveling. I, I travel so much and have been traveling so much since I was really like 13 years old is when I started competing professionally. So uh, it's been a good break. Uh, read a lot of books, um, you know, tried to kind of pursue some things that have always been on the on the sidelines of, well, maybe one day I'll get to that. <laughs> and uh, I never do. <laughs> so 
that's been good. I've never had house plants before. I've never been able to keep them alive. And I have house plants that have been alive for almost six months now. So this is a big win for me. <laughs> So let's talk about the film. I've seen it and it's so good. Yeah, for sure. Well, the the motivation behind Blank Canvas really was um, to share an authentic, raw journey of me really leaving my comfort zone, which was competitive halfpipe snowboarding, um, and feeling this call into the backcountry. Like, I went on this trip and realized that I just had this fire to pursue this new dream. And, um, you know, it really um, scared me a lot to step away from what I've always known and, and really my secure place in my life. And I think that that is something that everyone can relate to at some point in their lives, whether you're a snowboarder or relating to it in a different sport or just, you know, in your everyday life, in your career, um, outside of sports, I think that we all hit these, you know, forks in the road where, uh, you have the opportunity to like pursue a dream or follow your heart or really stay where you're comfortable and, and secure. And, uh, so my goal with the film is to just show that journey of mine and hopefully inspire others to be able to follow their heart in those situations and, and know that it's not going to be easy and it's all, you know, rainbows and butterflies, but that hopefully, you know, on the other side of it, you can look back and be really grateful for the, the experience. I mean, that's the thing that's looking back at the old footage as well. And, you know, it struck me. It's like, you know, what you did was, you know, I think it's truly iconic and I think it'll stand the test of time, This all this stuff that you've just done. I really do. But what is a bit sad is perhaps, I don't know, you know these landscapes better than me, but, you know, in 20, 30, 40 years' time, are they still going to be there in the same way, you know, with the same snow and, you know, like that's scary. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this season, um, the 2019-2020 season, was the first time that a lot of these zones in Tahoe have been rideable in a decade. Uh, and it's just because California has been in a huge drought and Lake Tahoe is really at a lower elevation. And so uh, we've been getting a lot more rain. Um, we've been getting um, a lot less precipitation every season. And um, so I think the reality of climate change specifically in snowboarding and snow sports um, it's happening before our eyes. And it is scary. It's it's scary to think that this sport and place that I love, like in these home mountains or even anywhere in the world, um, are going to be completely different in 20, 30, 40 years. Um, and we see it everywhere. You know, I, I've been lucky enough to travel the world to, to snowboard and uh, specifically like a lot of the glaciers in Europe. Um, are attracting at, at alarming rates. Um, you know, there's ski resorts all over the world, more like mom and pop ones, but that have closed because they just, they're too low um, elevation and and they're not getting enough snow. So um, it's been a, a wake up call, I think, 
for me to realize that this is happening now. Um, I think for a long time, climate change was something we all thought of as this is going to happen in the future, like let's plan for it. But it's actually like the warming temperatures are happening now, the, the increased weather patterns and crazy fires and all of the things that we're experiencing. Um, it's, it's today. And so, uh, you know, for me, realizing that climate change is happening, happening now has really uh, made me want to use my voice to at least help educate and raise awareness around what we all can do as individuals to combat it. Yeah, and I, I, to, to be honest, I think things like showing the nature off, I think that's that helps too, you know, especially as we're all stuck in, <laughs> like seems. So we may as well go and sample a little bit, you know, vicariously through this through this stuff. And hopefully we can make a difference and hopefully we have enough time to save some of the places at least anyway, you know. First and foremost, we have to get people into nature. We have to get, you know, kids into nature and people who are stuck in cities um, into these natural areas to be able to experience them and appreciate them. And once you do get into these areas and become more of an outdoor enthusiast or even just someone who likes to take a walk on, you know, in, in a park, um, that translates into being into having this personal connection with nature and wanting to do your part to save nature. And so hopefully, you know, this film isn't necessarily an environmental film, but like you said, we're really drawing the viewer into these special places. And hopefully that lights a spark for everyone to want to go on a hike and connect with their, their places around their home and um, eventually become an advocate for those places. And I think that that's where it all starts. It's so crazy to think how young you were when you were starting to land all these mad things, like from side 900. But it's a lot to take on as a young person, you know, and similar to the gymnasts. It's like, you know, stuff happens really fast when you start doing stuff like that. I mean, how were, how were the Olympics for you? How did you find them? Yeah. Um, so in 2006 in Torino, I was uh, 16. And I was definitely an underdog going into that qualifying year. Um, you know, I, I, I had been doing well in contests, but not not great. And... I think that that freedom of like being the underdog really benefited me because um, I had nothing to lose. And so I ended up qualifying um, in the top couple spots and showed up at the Olympics and was just like, cool, this is awesome, you know, amazing, we're here. And then I remember walking into the uh, opening ceremonies with the whole USA team and this crowd I'm bigger than anything I had ever seen before and that was when it hit me I was like oh my gosh this is not just a snowboarding event you know like I knew that I don't think I had conceptualized how big it was and um I just I'll never forget those opening ceremonies and just like you know, the performances that are put on and the crowd and just the energy of like being there with your country and 
um, I, it overwhelmed me a lot, honestly. I, I was so excited, but I think I got a little bit overwhelmed with it. And um, those games were hard. I uh, definitely had some moments where I was crying. I think I was like, I want my mom. <laughs> really? <laughs> like, okay, this is enough. I want my mom. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, it, it, you know, I think it just hit me that we were doing something bigger than just a snowboard event. And um, it was an amazing experience. I ended up six, sixth place in those games and uh, was super happy with that. I, I, you know, I made it through to the finals and landed my runs and, um, you know, you can't really ask for much more. Um, of course, I wanted a medal, but but overall, the experience was really cool. And then being able to stay and go to all these events, which was like the highlight, you know, as an athlete, you get to like, stay and go to hockey games and ice skating events. And I remember we went and watched the uh, the skeleton. Those guys are crazy. The skeleton in person and like... <laughs> Um, so it was a really like life-changing, just standout moment in my life for sure. It's, it's funny because I guess you're at a, like a, uh, a point to look back on these contests now, like after achieving something amazing as well, like quite recently in like, like a, quite a level-headed way, I guess. Well, it must've been a point where you were like, I'm through with competing in these contests, you know, and kind of. And having the bravery to step away from that, but continue snowboarding, I think that's really amazing. So, I mean, how how did that all come about? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I competed professionally for 16 years, and I think anyone who's had a career for that long can say there's probably times throughout your career that you, you know, are on a downslope and you question what you're doing and, um, you know, aren't performing your best or, or, you know, as happy as you once were. And so I had some, you know, ups and downs and um, throughout my career, but always loved competing and love what the sport has brought me and um, the competitive lifestyle. Like I really thrived in that. Um, And honestly, this time around, I was trying to make it to the 2018 Olympics and, and missed, missed it. Didn't do well in the qualifying. Um, and was really just like out there snowboarding for fun. I was like, wow, this is like a really good chance to like take a break and like didn't go to the Olympics and was really bummed that I didn't make it. Cause you know, I had these Olympic dreams of, of winning a medal. Um, which I never fulfilled, which is always hard to kind of like step away from and, and, uh, you know, I don't know, take that defeat. (laughs) Um, I think I'm, I'm still competitive. Uh, but I got invited on this trip with Jeremy Jones. He called me and was like, I know you've had a crazy season, like with the Olympics and everything, like let's go splitboarding. I'm going on this trip. And we ended up going on a, a nine day traverse of the, uh, Sierra mountain range. Um, it was the first time I ever went winter camping or spent that much time on my slip board. It was the first time I used crampons and ice axes. And, um, he just you know, threw me really head first into the whole experience. 
<laughs> Sounds like a quiet yeah, trip. Yeah, I mean, it was it was awesome. Um, <laughs> I'm sure it was absolutely amazing. I'm sure you I'm sure you hated yourself for ever agreeing to it at points as well. Like, oh yeah, seems like what why the hell am I doing this? This is so stupid. Absolutely, yeah. There was a the first day I fell on a creek and I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> why did I say yes to this but um you know it was like just so cool Jeremy is so strong in the mountains and for people who don't know who Jeremy Jones is just google him he's really pioneered so much of this human powered snowboarding and being able to like hike mountains and ride really really steep things and um just explore really places no one has ever been. And so he's a, he's a very good mentor in the mountains. Uh, and during that trip, my eyes were just open to this whole new side of snowboarding that I had done a little bit of backcountry riding, but this was the first time I had been immersed in it. And I just realized that like, I had this calling to be out there. And um, I had been so kind of defeated from competing and not making the Olympics and still loving snowboarding, but being like, kind of just like in a in a downfall in it and so I came away from that trip and was just like wow I I I think this is something I need to pursue and like I need to follow my heart and I I had no idea if I would be able to do well back there I mean backcountry riding requires a whole skill set that I don't have from half pipe riding um and it takes some time to learn those skills and it takes you know, lifetimes to, to really get really good at it. And, um, and so I stepped into this new world without much, you know, understanding of it and just like a lot of enthusiasm. And, um, that's what led me to today. And it's been just the greatest journey and definitely the best decision I could have ever made. That's so good. So it's it's so nice to hear someone that's really kind of tackled that uh, issue, like really front on, you know, like really confronted something that they really wanted to do this thing. They didn't manage to do it, but they they kind of, you know, carried on doing something really great that wasn't that thing, you know, and it's quite hard to do that. I think that's really, that's really an amazing thing to do. And then I think it was Jeremy something like when Elena sets her mind some, to something, she achieves it. Was that him? Was that him? I think, and like, that's great, you know, to hear someone say that, I guess, after what you've kind of been through. And, you know, that's really, I guess, super satisfying. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that the reality of life is like, we all set these goals and um, sometimes failures happen and, and, it's just how many times can you fail so that you can succeed at the end of one of them. And, um, you know, I think a lot of failures lead to lead you to, um, the journeys that you're supposed to be on. And so I, I always try to look at, look at it that way. One of the things that was struck by as well, or I am struck by, pretty much all snowboarders and or anyone who's kind of putting their like literal life on the line to do something, you know, there is a chance that this could all go wrong. How much do you bring that into your normal life? Like, do you, can you, are you super calm in like, I don't know, 
an airport when they start tearing your bag out <laughs> or you know you know like some like a really stressful situation i don't know like you're late and you really need to be somewhere and then there's loads of traffic are you like you know all zen about it or what what is, is everyone really chilled basically or is am i up the wrong barking up the wrong path <laughs> yeah for sure um I mean, I think that, yeah, dealing with fear and stress and like high intensity situations comes along with uh, action sports. We definitely put it on the line a lot of the time and um, there's very small room for error. Um, And I think for me, mitigating that one, I always revert back to like my preparation, like when I get scared or feel a lot of like intensity or fear behind something I'm about to do or or I'm in something that I'm afraid of I think I I try to revert back to like how prepared I am for that moment um because we do so much to prepare for this and I think everyone can relate to that like whatever it is that you're running late for or you know this big meeting you have at work like you've done things to prepare for it and so if you can revert back to that and and build confidence from that place um that really helps me a lot uh and I've really been drawn to like breathing techniques for in the moment it's crazy how quickly you can change your your physiology and your your nervous system just by taking a couple breaths and focusing on it and it's quite powerful um so I use that a lot in the mountains, but also I would say like in traffic, that's my, that's my go-to. <laughs> yeah. Take a few breaths. People say it, but then you do it and you're like, Oh wow, that really works. It's so simple. How can it work so well? I know it's, when everyone says take a deep breath, I feel like you actually need to take a deep breath. <laughs> like just, just do it that right there and then, and just feel, feel it. It's, it really does make a huge difference. It's, um, so I wanted to talk a bit about um, being a mentor. So what makes a good mentor and um, what ways have you uh, given back as well? Yeah, I mean, I think that mentors are so important. Uh, it's one of the beautiful things about the snowboard community that I've come to learn that um, just I'm so honored to be a part of, you know, in snowboarding, you have to kind of pass along your knowledge. You don't have to, but people who are really passionate about the mountains want to be able to spread that knowledge and and um, passion to other people. And really, we need each other to be able to like continue to grow the sport and progress the sport. And it's something that I think lacks in a lot of um, normal society. I think people like learn things and they want to like keep that knowledge and that wisdom to themselves because because of the competitive nature of a lot of industries um but really when we can share those things it just elevates everyone um and so I think that mentors I've had so many great mentors in my life in snowboarding I think you know like Kimmy Fasani is a really big mentor to me she um really has inspired me to step into the backcountry uh same with Hannah Beeman uh Jeremy Jones Um, and as a kid, like I had my mentors growing up as well. Like when I was competing, Gretchen Blyler really took me under her wing and Kelly Clark and, 
um, you know, I am who I am today because I was able to learn from these people and learn lessons from them and have them by my side when I needed help. And so that's something that I've just really tried to continue to pass on because it's helped me so much. And um, I've worked with the Women's Sports Foundation for a long time and, and they mentor girls in all sports um, to help more more girls get into sports, which I think is so important. Um, it gives specifically girls and women such a like strong sense of self that I think is hard to find if, if you're not involved in some sort of sport. Um, and so we've done a few things there, but they helped me set up a mentoring program myself. Um, so I mentor a girl every couple years. Um, and that's been such a cool opportunity. I, I try to like give back to, um, the younger generation of, of really anyone. I've mentored a snowboarder and a skier so far, but, um, I, you know, girls hit me up about photography or just like, writing or arts or whatever it is. And, and to be able to just like pass down a little bit of knowledge and wisdom to the next generation, I think um, is super fulfilling and hopefully will make a difference in someone else's life. Good. And so it's, it's nearly the holidays. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's happening. It's all happening. Probably need to do some of those breathing exercises throughout <laughs> yeah. the holidays. That is... <laughs> Always. Yes, breathing exercise, making time for like the breathing exercises and meditation around the holidays is so key. Oh, tell me about it. That could have avoided a few of the uh, flashpoints from last day, last year's holiday season for me. <laughs> so yeah, I'm glad I've got that in the toolkit exactly. for this year. It's been such a hard year in many ways, but in next year we've kind of got a blank slate in some ways. So, you know. Do you make New Year's resolutions? Is there something that you're looking to achieve? Or maybe we could make a, a resolution for, for the world to do something, perhaps. New Year's and birthdays and, you know, these time markers within the year are just good times for reflection and to be able to set resolutions and um, just, like, evaluate what, what it is that, you're doing and what you could be doing better or, or how you would like to evolve and grow. And, um, I guess for me this year, uh, my resolutions are to continue to be as present as I can. I get really caught up in my head and, and my past and future and to-do lists and things and, and have a hard time just harnessing in the present moment. So, um, that's one of my big, big resolutions. Um, and oh, resolutions for the world. I mean, I think just being kind to each other. I think our world is in a in a very polarized place, um, especially here in the U.S. And uh, I think we all get caught up in our own lives and needs and stories, and sometimes forget that like we are all in this world together and the more kindness that we can pass on, um, the better this, you know, the vibe is going to be for everyone. <laughs> Sounds mm -hmm. good. Well, anyway, no, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Have a, have a great rest of the day. See all you right, soon. Take care. Olympic Channel Podcast. Massive thank you to Elena. She is on Instagram just as her name, Elena Height. I've put a link into 
I've put a link in the show notes for the trailer to the film Blank Canvas. Hand on heart. I really loved it. Put it on your watch list right now. Okay, get in touch with us if you enjoyed this episode. Let us know what we can do better as well. I'd love to hear from you. I'm Eddie Knowles with an I and an E across all social media. And we are Olympic Channel across all social platforms. That's it for now, though. Stay safe, stay stronger together, and we'll see you very soon. Think like an Olympian. Olympian.